Happy 420. Hi. Happy 420. I love Hi. The way we start this show. What's up? Okay. I said, I love the way we start this show. I know. We're like still puffing and not even like, uh, <laughs> got to give you a few minutes to get in here. Um, exactly that. Hmm. Um, I still, for those listening, um, from the beginning, which we'd probably do on like Spotify and Apple iTunes <laughs> and, uh, or the playback, you know, on YouTube or whatever. Um, listen, I apologize profusely, but I have every intention of having previous shows that we've done this month up on our Spotify, Apple iTunes and our Apple podcasts and Google podcasts very soon. I, I swear. It's just been, it should be at the top of the list, but honestly, it just gets shuffled. Right. Well, I mean, uh, at least you're your own squeaky wheel about it. Um, Yes, I am. uh, But we do have some really good episodes that I'm sure are 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 dying to hear. Dying to hear. Yeah. Um, and this one will be no different. So this one's going to be up quick. Where are people? Have you, uh, did you uh, hit everyone in Discord? I hit everybody in Discord. Mm-hmm. Tell, I don't know where they are. Uh, but I will do the disclaimer. I think I'm going to need to do a different disclaimer when we bring our guest in. But um, uh, we can start with this one. Uh, it is about that time. Uh, you are about to get highly educated with the Cannabis Closet Podcast with Canna Queen and MJ. This is an adult content show with no limitations on subject, language, or actions. Opinions, views, and expressions may or may not be that of the hosts and their subsidiaries. But if you aren't sure, you can just ask us. And if you're still not sure, our face will probably explain it better. Um so it's time to get this session started. Thanks for rolling up and showing up. And welcome to the Cannabis Closet Podcast. We still don't have intro music. That's fun. Um, <laughs> I swear, I think that between me and you and our ridiculousness, we could probably make our own ridiculous, uh, at least intro until someone's like, let me do this for you. <laughs> I know. I, I will come in. We could like. I'll, I don't I'll, know. I never know what to do when I see I'll a take it. I'll take beatbox. It. <laughs> <laughs> what, is the, what is that Little Mermaid song? They're like, wind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, exactly. I don't know. Someone might eventually, uh, you know, be generous. Yeah. Uh, we have some people lined up that we would like to use. We just can't afford you. So, you know, do an IOU. We can, yeah. I owe <laughs> net you. always, net forever. Um, hey, hey, how about this? As long as I owe you, you're never going to be broken your whole life. Net, all right. Net friendship. Uh. <laughs> Fun, fun, fun. What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining in. Um, <laughs> Pay them in beverages. Okay. <laughs> uh, we do have the beverages. I have a bubble gum today. Uh, I have a... I'm you drinking plain. You got them all behind you. Look at you. I did. I, I did a little setup, but uh, my camera being that it's um, old and chugging, uh, you could see them. You can see yeah. them. But yeah, I'm drinking the plane today, uh, but I've got her in yes. um, in a soda stream bottle so that I can keep the fizz. And, and why is it? Is it a little pink? Um, it is a little pink because I put a little um, strawberry lemon uh, THC um, drinky drink 
We decided that's what that is. Strawberry lemonade. Strawberry lemonade. So it's good. These are flat. Those bottles with the this THC. Is a flat. Hey, so glad that you came through. Thanks for joining us today. Um, so um that that flat drink, that non-sparkly drink, um, we're considering um we're considering making something with that, not with the THC uh, in it, because that's a that's a situation of regulation and legality. Um, but um, we are planning something in the future with with that with that. Um, yeah. So Flat manufactured drink. Buy our drinks. Uh, we, we're getting them into retailers across Colorado and wherever uh, yeah. people um, we you can email us to uh place an order right now we're we're working on our website it's done i just we haven't bitten the bullet on anything else so um <laughs> website coming soon for queen kitty seltzers um you can go to in the meantime you can find us here yeah yeah in the meantime uh, you can find all of our information at solo.to slash queen kitty seltzer and um that'll take you to all the linkity links um and uh you can send us an email for an order and send us a message. Um, we're working well, out shipping right now. We're trying to keep yeah. those shipping costs low. So as soon as we have that worked out, we're going to start shipping to uh, retail customers. Follow our um, Instagram page for Queen Kitty. Where we've been posting our journey um, on how we- I love that yeah. one you posted today. That was awesome. I know. I was like, oh, you, 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 you said you posted something the other day. I was like, dang it. I need to get on there and post. Um, so we have different things in both of our cameras. So yeah, um, so it's kind of fun though. You can just, yeah. uh, I mean, or do, yeah, some of the stuff. I forgot that I forgot about that one, and I, <laughs> I was like, oh, that's perfect. It was a great. It says, "What is say Queen Kitty Seltzer's dropping soon?" And then it was like us coming down a slide. So I loved everything about it. it was <laughs> ah, I was like, uh, yeah, it, inspiration hit, um, and, <laughs> and um, but yeah, so go follow us there. Uh, give us a shout. Um, we're trying to grow that platform so we can do some other stuff. Um, we're also trying to grow our Instagram for the Cannabis Closet page. So check that out too and um, find us there. We'll try to put some other different shenanigans on there. Um, <laughs> All of our I, mean, I, have a, I mean, I have a backlog. I mean, that, I am the worst about posting, I but do. I do take a lot of pictures and stuff, but I, uh, the, yeah. So I, I they're all sitting in my photo album right now. I haven't put like I didn't post like the pictures from the Ferris wheel that we got or the I mean, I posted I did post the the merry-go-round because yeah. it was a lion. But yeah. yeah. So so more to come. Uh, the more you engage with us there, uh, the more it will encourage us to get more things on there for you guys. Or yes, please so. encourage us. We need it. <laughs> We need uh, cheerleaders. Uh, Absolutely. And you guys have been the best cheerleaders, by the way. Yeah, uh, thank um, you. I, I just want to give a shout out to um, Bashful Indica. She, I follow her on TikTok. Um, we're friends on TikTok and Instagram as well. Um, she's a lovely human being and she's going through some shit right now. So if you can see on the bottom of your screen, there's a cash app scrolling on the bottom of your screen there. And, um, I'll also put it in the, in the comments in a little bit. Uh, but if you want to, you know, help her out, um, she's got some health shit going on. I'm not going to get into it. It's not my story to tell. Um, but I, uh, you know, we're going to help out as much as we can. And part of that is, um, to let our community know that somebody is in need. So 
if you have a dollar or two and you can donate, I'm sure she would be extremely grateful. And, and if not, just, uh, you know how we do manifest it, say it out loud, send some positive and healing vibes to our friend, Bashful Indica. Um, she's lovely and we wish her the best and some healing energies. Healing energies and um, yes, all the best. Um, so that'll scroll on the whole show. So if you feel so inclined or if you want to tell your friends, you got a rich uncle, you're like, hey, you know, send, send some money to some people, then do that, you know. <laughs> awesome. And and us too. We have a cash app as well if you've got you can send money. us money too. <laughs> you know, in in uh you know um in in your back pocket or something. Um <laughs> yeah, right. Um, yeah, you can you can definitely anytime you want to send us money, you're welcome to send us money. Absolutely. We will accept your donation. <laughs> And to those that have, thank you. Uh, I, you yes, know, because we'll we have be had some you, donations. Yeah, we'll be sending you a little thank yous uh, as we can um, get those done. We're, we're doing a merch day tomorrow. Um, anyone that is uh, on the Discord or can wants to join us in the Discord, um, we we do like work sessions. Like uh, you know, working from Every home is a little boring and annoying, and and so sometimes we will sit here in silence, but at the same time, like. We're over here through sometimes we're not, you know, not even looking at each other, but we're just sitting next to you. Know, like, yeah. so um, you're, everyone's welcome to join and sit there. Kel has come in and done that with us. And um, you know, so uh, next has been in there. And, and, you know, so it's just, uh, you know, even not cousin, cousin has been always- in there on the chat, but not in the virtual on the live, on the streams, yeah. because uh, <laughs> by the way, everybody, we have, lights camera action we have video rooms you can go in and chat with people like in real life yeah and um, you don't even have to turn your camera on though you can no. you can just keep the volume you can turn the turn your but mic i wouldn't on. be embarrassed to do it because you should on. see the troll i look like when i get on this thing in the morning yeah uh, it's it, <laughs> it's morning morning coffee um no whatever. makeup no showers so lucky um, i brushed my yeah. teeth before i showed up but yeah, so join us. We're gonna we're gonna do a merch sesh tomorrow, and uh, just be talking about the things we already have. A lot of things that you know, ideas that we've jotted down. We're just gonna start putting them into action, um, action and, and places that you can buy them. So, yes. <laughs> and also, you know, if you're in there, then we can get like some you know solid opinions you could maybe help us design it a little bit like yeah. you know you could see it in the merch store and be like, I helped put that together. Yeah, so. so. Uh, yeah, all of our information's there. Again, you can do the solo.to slash cannabis closet 420 to find our discord link there. Join our group. All of them. It's an app, all the things, all the things are there. Um, but we were talking about discord. So, um, but, uh, it's, <laughs> well, then why aren't you coming back? No, you don't have to say that publicly, but we yeah, do want yeah, you to yeah. come back. We were, you know, my, my, um, biggest thing too, is I'll pop in there. And if no one's there, obviously I don't stay there, but, um, I do. To set up. I know you do. And so I have caught you in there a couple of times. Um, but yeah, I, I think that I don't know if there's a way to be like, we're here. I guess every. Yeah, no, you go everybody. into the main chat and then you yeah, add everybody and tell everybody that you're coming. Yeah. And as long as they haven't turned their notifications or whatever off, they'll get it. Everybody gets the add everybody. Yeah. So um, Janet uh, joined me in Hawaii the one time. So that was cool. Uh, she got the message. Um, Girl, we're sending you love. Don't Send worry. Lots of love. Um, Don't worry. We miss you and think about you. And and you're always uh you know 
you're, we're with you. So we'll, we'll send you some good vibes too. Um, so pop in and you just some virtual hugs if you can. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, do we want to go ahead and do uh, black history and women's history? And then we'll, we'll get the ball rolling with our yeah. guest. Not um, a whole lot going on today, man. We we got rid of all the the in, interesting shit like at the beginning of the week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nothing, no, there's nothing. No, there's no cops involved this no week. No anger. Yeah, no. We're it's it's been a peaceful week. We've been you know busy working, doing our yeah, minding our business, mm-hmm. uh, literally and literally so- <laughs> minding our business. Um. So we didn't have anything planned for our Black History Women's History note uh, today. And so oh, wait, pause for a second before you tell this, because Michelle just came in here. Michelle, listen, um, I'm telling you in front of everybody here that we want to invite you back because you um, we want to have a conversation about the Colorado Crunch. We want to have a conversation about uh, proper curing and proper um, post-harvest for um for our home growers too like not just you know of course i mean we might have some industry professionals turn tune in but we would love to get your take on that um maybe we'll schedule you for like a wednesday show um and we could talk about that a little bit because that's a real thing in a lot of states not just colorado but in any dry climate state you're gonna have this problem so let's discuss how we can avoid it anyways that was an official invite from michelle um to come back to our show we'll get something on the books yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely. we've got to plan out april may um we'll, we'll reach out officially very soon yeah for sure um so our black history women's history nod today um so i just happened to open up uh, the tiktok or the reels or something and um caught at black food fridays um message and so um check them out the great uh you know uh, creator in terms of information, and I'm assuming they talk food too. I just happened to to grab this one, but um, he mentioned Leah Chase, uh, which was uh, she is called the queen of Creole cuisine, and uh, she was an advocate for African American art and uh, made a lot of things happen there. So the original, so the um, uh, original restaurant was opened in 1941. It is a family, um, a black owned family. Uh, the let me get to their names. Edgar Dukey Chase Sr. and his family um, established this restaurant. And it was a um, hotspot in the 1960s for political movement and um, moving the civil rights movements along, um, visited and um, patroned by uh, many well-known names um, and is still in New Orleans today as, to, uh, as a, a operating restaurant, uh, still owned by the same family. <clears throat> So if you're in New Orleans, go eat there. Go check it out. Um, they they did close down after Hurricane Katrina for a couple of years, and they rebuilt it. Um, they you know, re, they're they're staying true to the the Creole cuisine. And so in 1946 is when Leah Chase came into the family, and she married Edgar Dukey Chase Jr. And her vision is what uh, you know it originally. Um, 
started as a, uh, a sandwich shop and they sold lottery tickets. So they were a lottery ticket outlet. And then when she came in, she uh, she turned it into the sit down restaurant that it is now um, brought in the cultural uh, you know, environment and the cooking. And, um, uh, you know, they have there's actually cookbooks by her. So I was as I was Googling and doing some stuff, there's a there's a Leah Chase cookbook. Um, oh, she froze. Did she freeze? Yeah, she did. She'll be back in a second, you guys. Technical difficulties. I'm telling you, we have them. Let's see if she's going to disappear and then come back. Because if she disappears, then I'll just go to a commercial break. And, <laughs> and then she can come back and finish her story. Um, I feel like she's going to. Let me text her. Hey, listen, this show would not be what it is today without a technical difficulty for every time. Um, oh, you're back. Okay. I was, I was getting ready to text you. <laughs> it's funny. Cause I can still hear you. So I didn't even know that there was, I'm still reading. I, and then I heard you, you're like, Oh, shit. Um, okay. I don't know where I lost, where, where I got lost. Um, uh, you were talking about Leah Chase created this restaurant, uh, as a sit down environment, as opposed to like a sandwich bar. Right. Okay. They were also a, so it was originally a sandwich shop with a um, lottery ticket outlet right. as well. Yeah. And then she turned and it into a sit down restaurant, um, started doing uh, art, uh, you know, featuring African American art and really um, uh, showcasing those artists. So um, she had the first gallery for Black artists in New Orleans. Um, that feels like home for our technical difficulties. I know. <laughs> Um, and so it, I think you heard me say all that. They are still open. Um, yes. They are still frequented by, uh, you know, Beyonce has been there. Ooh, um, what? Ray Charles, uh, Presidents George W. Bush and Barack Obama um, are just a couple of the notable names that have been through there. Um and so, yeah, Leah Chase. Oh, cookbook that you didn't hear me say about that. Yes, so, we were, we, that is what you were starting to talk about is cookbook. So uh, there is a Leah Chase cookbook for uh, Creole cooking. And you can probably find it on Amazon or through a local, you know, go check out your local bookstore first. I don't know. Um, yes, do that first before you go to Amazon. Yeah, you know, see if they can get it for Y'all, sun's out right now. Go outside. I know it is yeah. out. Even I have my curtains. Closed. I mean, not right now, right now, but like in general, the sun is coming out more. You can go outside and do stuff. Stop ordering it online if you mm -hmm. can avoid it. I, I'm going to try to take heed as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, that's that. That's so that. Our, our, <laughs> I like that we knocked out the technical difficulties um, early. Um, and then uh, let's just real quick, before we get on to our guests, go ahead and knock this commercial break out. Uh, this show is sponsored, as always, by CQ LLC Cannabis Consulting and Education. www.cq-llc.com is where you can find us. Customer service, cqllc at gmail.com. 970-426-5985. If you'd like to talk to me, I would love to talk to you about it. Uh, we were just recently approved as uh, as of the beginning of this year for uh, responsible vendor training in the state of Colorado. In the state of Colorado, it is a requirement for delivery drivers and hospitality workers in the cannabis industry to have RVT training, responsible vendor training. 
Um, so, uh, you have to take it through a responsible vendor trainer that has been approved by the MED, which is us at CQ LLC. Uh, we are working in conjunction with Greenflower Media to provide an online source for this, uh, course right now. And we are developing in-person courses as well. So give us a call 970-426-5985 if you're interested. Uh, it is required, like I said, for delivery and hospitality, but honestly, everybody should be taking this. It is used as a, it could be used rather as a mitigating factor to any administrative violations as well, if your team is certified. So keep that in mind when you're making your decisions. Um, Let's see here, uh, just real quick. This is the last day for this code. I will change it for the next show. Uh, but if you're interested in getting some King Palms for 15% off, use code KPTCCPMAR15 to get 15% off your next order at kingpalm.com. And of course, finally, and of course, finally, um, this show is sponsored by Queen Kitty Seltzer. Uh, Queen, oh, I'm not even holding the can right. Let me do that again. This show is sponsored by Queen Kitty Seltzer. Uh, Queen C- Kitty Seltzer is uh, queen owned and operated. Uh, it is a 10 milligram CBD drink with no sugar, no THC, no, a- no added anything. It's the flavors in there are natural organic terpenes. We're not adding any kind of um, sugary additives to make the flavors. There's zero yak in the back and there's a little piece of education on each can. So I encourage you to give it a shot. It's beautiful. We have three flavors. We have plain, we have bubble gum and we have lemon kiss and they're all delicious. I cannot choose between them. And we have some new flavors already planned in our head. We're, yes. <laughs> We're yes. really excited for them. And, um, we know you will be too. <laughs> yes, we know you will be because they are dope. It's going to be dope. So um, these are delicious though. I can't, I mean, I'm, I love drinking them. I'm trying not to drink my whole supply. Uh, I just have, I just have one every once in a while, but it is hard to see Good. them out there and not want to just drink them all up. Right. I've got them drink. in my fridge too. So that when yes. I go to take them that I have cold right. ones. So I'm like, uh, same. So. same, same. This one's, uh, we're gonna we're selling them. That's that's true. So, with that said, all the commercials are out of the way. We have one more warning. We have one more warning. Um, I'm gonna give you guys a trigger warning. We're about to talk about some really sensitive topics that include uh, death, uh, and so. Uh, I just want to prepare you guys for that. If that's something that you're sensitive to or you're not prepared to listen to uh, right now, um, it, it might it might be a good idea to, you know, just step away from this one. But we have an extremely um, interesting topic today. And uh, our guest is is super uh, educated about uh, cannabis and about our topic at hand. So uh, I'll let you go ahead and, and introduce her and bring her in. All right, I'm going to go ahead and bring Kristen in. I am not exactly 100% sure how you pronounce your last name, and I didn't ask you that yesterday. That is okay. It's pronounced Mule. Mule. Great. I thought Mule. That, I was like, I'm not going to uh, massacre it when it is. Mule with the little yeah. over the top. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, when you're typing, I was like, how do I do this? I was <laughs> trying to get yeah. it on, into all the things. So. 
Exactly. Um, I thank you so much for having me on. Yeah. So I met Kristen uh, as a she's a cannabis um, uh, wellness, wellness coach. coach. She uh, has a mentorship from the Cannabis Coaching Institute. You went through a whole program. Mm-hmm. Um, that, and, and I would like to hear more about, I know, uh, you know, through our emails, we kind of discussed some of you know, the things you learned, but I'd love for you to break that down and just give a little like bio about yourself. I've got your, you know, your, your, um, little bio there. And we talked about you being a chef previously and, you know, another life, like, uh, yeah. and it also looks like I mean, and an architectural and designer, a- like those are two completely different lives that you were living. And then, and then here you are now, um, uh, you know, coaching people to be, uh, their best, um, and, and live their best life. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, tell us about your journey and yourself and, so living your best life, that's pretty much what, you know, that's what this is right now. So I, you're bringing up all my past careers just to kind of give sort of a timeline on how, how this has all come together. So I do have an architectural background. Um, that's what brought me out to Colorado from Wisconsin about 23 years ago. And um I was, you know, I, I got landed a job right away in architecture. It was my first one out of college. That was around, uh, let's see, 1999, early 99. And I worked in that space until in an office until two, uh, 2006. Could not stand being in an office. Amen. Loved cooking and made sort of a pivot. Kept my foot sort of in the door in the architecture space as a subcontractor, you know, to get the business going. Um, so then I was a personal chef for a while that rolled into having a private chef job. I worked that from, um, 2012 until I quit January, 2020. So right before the pandemic, oh. which thank God, cause, oh yeah, that world, it's a whole other world, um, yes. working in that yeah. space. So, um, but before, uh, like six within six weeks before I quit my job, um, I had a friend that had very bad cancer, was at end stage cancer. And I, you know, me and her partner, we would, you know, I, I'd go over and I, we would be sitting with her and, um, you know, cannabis, I, it's been around, I've, you know, since I was a teenager, you know, before that, in our house, <laughs> before that, you know, but I'm saying in, in my life, like you know, <laughs> forever. And of course, I knew how much it could, you know, people used it for pain and whatnot. But what was very just the kind of one of one aha that happened was sitting and watching her. She she this girl was a tough cookie. I mean, she held off taking morphine probably until the last nine or 10 days before she passed, which is amazing. That's just crazy. But what she was using she did have a vape pen that she would just hit off of every now and then. And it, it was miraculous how well that worked for her so that she could still be lucid and speak to people, not be completely just out of it. And, you know, so people, people had more of a chance to come and see her interact with her, um, you know, for a longer period of time until it came to that moment when, you know, she really needed to have that. Uh, so there were two things that sort of happened at that time during those last two weeks, there was another friend of mine that was talking about being a death doula and how she saw, you know, there was some training for that. And I was just intrigued by it. So I got that information, followed through with it. 
after I, my friend did pass in December of 2019, January 2020, I quit my job, jumped right in taking that training as well as the cannabis coaching as well. I'm like, I didn't, I was like, well, this, there's a match here. I don't know exactly how I would do it yet because I was still just going through training. But um, I always thought, yes, I want to bring cannabis into this death space. But then while I was taking the training as well, then more, I was like, more people need this more than ever. I mean, um, so uh, during the pandemic, you know, everything, when my training was over with, it was very hard to get into that space. You know, you think death doula, you you know, there was probably, you know, some people needing your help, but it wasn't really available. It couldn't go into hospice, couldn't, you know, people weren't allowing you into their homes and such. So that kind of was on the back burner up until maybe in the last six months. Now I do have someone that I'm working with and, um, and we do bring cannabis into the space and, you know, person was already familiar with it and using it, but now we're, you know, we use it in different ways. Like, Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, we talk about maybe doing, um, a death meditation, which if you don't know what that is, if we you've don't. never heard of it. No, we it, don't. And explain more about death being a death doula. Um, yeah, and we, yeah. um, so I even so, said it to my sister and she's like, what? Yeah, yeah. It's, a, you know, here in the States, relatively new in our, in, in our culture, it's relatively new, but this sort of service is something that's just very natural in other, in other cultures with, mm-hmm. you know, being there for the death and holding space for them and allowing even with the family and close friends and allowing a space for people to grieve and, um, and, and all that, but pretty much being a death doula, it's not hospice. We are, I'm not, it's not the medical part of this. Mm-hmm. It is more of the spiritual and emotional space. And you as a death doula are an advocate for the dying person. Um, you know, nothing's off limit. You you know, you become a person where no matter what their thoughts are, you know, what they want, you try to make it happen for them, how they want it. And this can come down to as far as like, you know, they're on their deathbed, they're in active dying and they, they don't, you know, they're not responsive. If they don't want Tom, Dick and Jane in the room ever, Tom, Dick and Jane are not going to be in the room. You know, it is trying to, to the very end, hold, you know, their wishes. So, and we go through things like, um, you know, at first I sit with them and I just listen to their whole, their life story, just everything from the beginning where they grew up and, you know, were they married, not married, did they go to college, career, whatever, work life, and just listen to, you know, listen to their lives unfold. Um, It is not dogmatic, you know, whether someone's religious, not religious, spiritual. I mean, I am a spiritual person, but I don't, I don't, you know, push that on to the person I'm working mm-hmm. with. It's all about them and what space they're in and then creating right. the container for that. Um, let's see, you, you know, educating, you, know, you help with hospice too and hospice is involved, educating the family of what to expect and being with the family too. So not just, you know, sitting with, the active dying person, but to also be a person for the family or close friends to, um, you know, have just an outside person, which that can be very helpful, you know, Mm -hmm. to people during that time. Uh, Let's see. So, um, so the, you know, the cannabis coaching, you know, that, that's been, that's been fantastic. Um, I 
do a lot in that space. Death doula, like I mentioned, my I've worked with other family and friends, but like having my first client of someone that I did not know mm-hmm. is is you know in the last six months, and and it's just uh, it's just really beautiful work. Um, so passion, so I yeah, I think what you're doing is amazing. I I love this idea. Now I had never heard of a death doula before speaking with you, and um, the idea of it is is. Um, I, well, I mean, it's just something we're missing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like we, we talked about when we first spoke, um, we talked about this a little bit, but I feel like, especially in American cultures and in other like, you know, Western type cultures, um, also we put that as something that's taboo that we just don't, mm-hmm. we just don't talk about death. That's right. Um, and, and, and honestly, I feel like that makes it, uh, more difficult when we get there to mm-hmm. process to, I mean, even for the legalities of what happens around um, when a person dies and uh, we need, you know, as a society, I think it would be beneficial to us to discuss it because it is going to happen. We're all going to die. It's That's going right. to happen. And so I think, um, you know, especially uh, when somebody has like a chronic illness um, or, uh, an illness is going to take them from us. Uh, it's, it's helpful to prepare the body so that we can go and uh, listen, I'm not pushing my thoughts or beliefs on anybody in our audience, but I don't think that this is a, a one-time thing for, for us, um, for our spirit. I think that, um, there's a return. I, um, I honestly believe that I've been here before, um, just, you know, things are familiar that shouldn't be familiar to me, things like that. Um, But, you know, for me talking about this uh, in my, in my brain space, talking about this then prepares you for going to your next journey without Mm -hmm. this, uh, this unnecessary um, negative stress, you know, Mm -hmm. um, so what, what, I, I don't know, what are your yeah. thoughts on it? So, well, it, and you're exactly right. I mean, we need to be talking about this and ultimately what happens when we start talking about it and we're open about it is we start living a better life. Yes. And so talking about this, you know, just openly like what, uh, what did I read somewhere? The people of Bhutan think of death, they contemplate death and talk about death at least five times a day, and they're considered the happiest people on earth. They, they do death meditations, which I know that it, when, you, when I say that, some people are like, oh, what the hell is a death meditation? What is I know, it? because what death is, is negative, right? Death is negative. Yeah. So. Right. So what would yeah. uh, a death meditation, because we, we meditate, we um yeah, we are it's, uh, so it's basically, uh, you know, ba- how it would just kind of start is someone talks to you and just says, OK, you have 12 hours to live. Now what? You know, what are you going to be paying attention to? What is more? What is you know, this is when you the actual meditation when when you're talking. But this is this is the premise of what's involved in a death meditation is just it's not scary. It's just it basically becomes it's a realization. Mm-hmm. And in the end, that's what it is. It's like, wow, you know, I better get going doing, you know, get doing what I want to do right. in this life. Um, and even with someone, you know, death doulas come in different. There's all different levels of them. And what I mean by that is that some people practice like 
maybe just working with legacy projects with people that are end of life, meaning things that they want to leave behind for, you know, any family or friends, whether that's if they do poetry, maybe it's a book of poetry, maybe it's photographs, maybe it's personal letters, um, Christmas or holiday and birthday cards for the future when they know they're not going to be here, like for that next year. There's people Mm -hmm. that really focus on that. There are other people that focus on the grief part at the end, like after the fact, particularly for people that have, if they passed quickly, like an accident Mm -hmm. yeah, and boom, now, you know, being more of a doula for the people left behind, you know, that have to deal with that. Um, And then for myself, I, I, I just, I, I'm wanting to know, do you have all your affairs in order? You know, let's, let's, let's look at that first. Let's get that managed and we'll get you on a track that you can fill out your, your documents, whatever you need, Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. once that's set aside, you don't have to worry about it anymore. Now we can, we can, we can just talk, you can go living, you can, you know, so. um, Let's talk about that a little bit, because I feel like, I don't know how many people in our audience, um, if you want to answer this question, you're welcome to do so, but how many people in our audience have a will? have a last will and testament, have something in writing that says what your last wishes are and what you uh, intend to happen with your estate, basically. Mm-hmm. How many people in our audience have that? I'm just out of curiosity. If you, oh, you're muted. I know my, my roommate just uh, came home. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to, anyway, um, living will. Does anyone uh, have a living yeah, will? Yeah, do you have a living will? Um, and, what it, and what a living will is, is says that if, for instance, I get into an accident and I am in a coma or I'm in a vegetative state that my wishes are this. This is what I wish to happen. If something happens where I can't communicate to you my wishes, this is what I wish to happen. And that's in writing, right? Um, do you have a person that will um, execute your wishes? Um, and do you know that that person is going to follow through with your wishes Um, you know, we were talking about this yesterday, but, uh, but my mother cannot be, cannot execute anything for me because she would not, she would not want to let it go. My husband, on the other hand, as long as this is not a Dateline episode, we're good with this. (laughs) My husband, on the other hand, if something happens to me where I can't make a decision, he knows what my wishes are. We have actually had this discussion on more than one occasion. Um, I have a will, but I definitely need to update it. And I see uh, our audience, some of our audience is saying no. A lot of our audience is saying no. This isn't something that it, people think about because, again, in American culture, uh, we put death in this taboo category as if it's never going to happen to us. It is absolutely going to happen to all of us. Four None of us are getting out of this alive. Right. None, None of us. And just being afraid of it. People are afraid. Mm-hmm. They don't want to talk yes. about it. But that's, you know, that's how you get mm-hmm. past being afraid is talking about it. People right. don't let's you know, not lose sight of this. There's this perception that if you create this document that you are going to then die right after creating. And that's not like you're just it. prepared just <laughs> in case it does happen. And it, you, it helps your family. It helps yes. uh, mm-hmm. you. Know, it helps your family because yes. you know you people will argue. Well, well, she. Oh I my think God. She this. Well, we I got kicked out of a funeral home at my well, grandma's think, funeral. Well, y'all neither. Yeah. So you got to put it in writing. We did. Yeah. And now, have any writing. of you have you had that experience where a close family member where everything was all planned out 
my grandmother had everything planned out and my uncle executed her will, but my family still fought about it, but it was all in writing. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was fine. The, my, I actually, uh, they ended up having to go to court about it, but the judge sided, you know, I'm, uh, from what I understand, like in those beginning days, as long as there were decisions that were made that, okay, this is what's going to happen next and happen next. Like in those days, I mean that it, it, I, I've been on both sides. And yeah, yeah, boy. there's a legality about Ooh. it. And those of you yeah. with children, you definitely, and let me say this, because I said this yesterday and I, my, I'm speaking to, to the audience right now. We're talking, we're talking to you right now. I will be damned. I will be damned if the United States government is getting a damn thing of mine and more, more of my money, more of my money. No, thank you. They already do a death tax. You have to pay taxes when you die. Okay. So like, then if you don't have your stuff written out, it ends up in this probate situation. It could never make it to your family members. It could just end up in the government hand. Is that what you want? Is that what you want? And for those of you with children, make decisions about what's going to happen with your children. Even if you are married, what if something happens while you're together? I know I don't want to put this bad. We gave you a trigger warning at the beginning. But literally, we have to prepare for all of these things. And you want to make sure that your children are being cared. And it has to be in writing. You can't just be like, hey, sis, you're going to take my kids. No, you need that in writing so that if there is an argument, right, which oftentimes there is, um, grandparents want to take the kids, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera, then your wishes aren't followed. The judge has no reason to, you know what I'm saying? So, so write it down, write it down. Yeah. Yeah. And in probate, it costs money for that to go through. It costs money to go through probate. So even though there is $10,000 of something, it's not going to be $10,000 when it's at the end of probate. Nope. Yeah. Um, Meek made a comment that, um, um, where, where's that comment? At? I just took uh, it down. No, it's okay. Oh, about, yeah. uh, indigenous, it. indigenous. Uh, the Western yeah. view on death is so interesting. Like an indi- uh, as an indigenous person, we have such different views and feelings about death. Listen, we tried to colonize that out of indi- the indigenous culture. We did. Um, we were not fully successful. And I think, I thank goodness for that. I thank goodness that um, there is uh, historical evidence and people held on to uh, their culture and their language so that we can now teach the future generations and maintain um, the, the culture and the communities. Um, but yeah, um, indigenous cultures definitely look at death differently. Um, and colonized yeah. cultures are very hush hush about it, maybe because they mm-hmm. want our damn money. Well, and that, that goes along when we were talking about uh, mm. homes and uh, cremation services and, mm-hmm. and uh, cemeteries and, um, you know, it's all, it's month, it, it is now a yes. month industry. Um, and did you know, and, and we found out there are many alternatives now to um, cremation and burial. And <laughs> so let's, uh, I mean, let's talk about those. that. Let's talk about that because it's interesting. I mean, if we're, we're all, we, like we said, we're all uh, one step closer, one day closer, you know, every one of us. One minute closer. This is the youngest I'm ever going to be. 
That's, that's it. So um, let's talk about what you yeah. want done. You know, and this is also something if you do not want to be buried in the ground, you need to put it in the will. Telling your family yeah. verbally that you want something doesn't mean someone else is going to come along and say, no, I think she wants this instead. Or do what um, they want. Because and, uh, in grief, death is about the grieving at that right. point. Right. You know, uh, yeah. Just because you said it to someone that you think is going to hold your wishes does not mean that they will once you are gone. And, right. um, and so that just one more thing. Um, yeah. but yeah, let's talk about that. We, I mean, so we want to bring up about like the different, all these, the different types of things that you can do with your body after you yes. die. Should we yes. Talk let's about talk that? about our after, afterlife body autonomy. Let's talk about it. So um, I don't know if uh, how many of the listeners have heard about human composting. This is a thing. This is a new thing. There was a business that uh, I forget what they're called. Recompost is, I think, the business name that's in Seattle. I believe there's one being put in in Boulder. But um, just Google it. Look up what this looks like. But you see, like, in the one in Seattle, it's almost like this atrium with trees. And you see this wall. And the wall has, like, these – it's just, like, these circles. All in the wall. And each one of those circles is like a little tomb, you know, that pulls out. And basically what happens with your body is that they've um, certain enzymes with soil, with, you know – compost. Um, I'm sure there's mycelium involved because that really breaks things down quickly. Um, you know, in four to six weeks, you're dirt. You return back to your family. If you want that, if, you know, if they want it, you want it, you become dirt <clears throat> to be put back into the soil. Ashes to ashes, baby. I right. Right. I love it. So that's, that's one thing. Um, the second thing we talked about I mean, when we were chatting yesterday and talking about cremation, so cremation that we know of it um, is not real great for the environment. Uh, I, I had no idea about to, this. Well, yeah, I guess I, if you uh, think about it, I guess yeah. you would know that, but we don't it, really it, think It's about different, it. you know, when, when they're doing this, you know, when they actually cremate, I mean, the energy that it takes to burn the body, the energy, and then, you know, oh, any neat. anything Listen that's released into the atmosphere, like real concentrated, <clears> um, <throat> You know, different than certain cultures that where they actually lay the fu- the body on the fire in a funeral pyre, actually. You know, that's totally a different process. Right. It's done over a period of time. It's not, you know, heavy use of uh, energy. But now there is something called aquamation where I don't know the whole science behind it, but there's water involved. I mean, my dog, one of my dogs, we I when I was in California, I had her aquamation. Of course, in I California. <laughs> yeah, of course. You know, like, oh, God, that's just so cool. You know, and it was my first exposure to that. Um, You come back similar to being cremated. You know, you have remains um, that you can do what you want with them. It's just that it it's a more green version of being cremated. You get broken Um, down through a water process, probably. Right. And then uh, lastly, something that's starting to become popular. And I think here in Colorado, I think somewhere on... uh, on the east on the plains on the eastern plains oh look at that yeah boy that shows you that's the compost right yeah yeah um so i think on the eastern plains of colorado there's actually a green burial plot and what that is is no embalming involved whatsoever you are wrapped in muslin or you could be just your body itself being laid into the ground 
Mm-hmm. And some of these places I know in Oregon, I believe in Oregon, there is a, a funeral plot that's a green burial plot. And it's just a beautiful, you know, wildflowers and things like this. Um, there's a chip that's put with you when you're laid into the ground so that if you have that family or friends that want to come and visit and they go to the office and get the little GPS. And, yeah, where's Kristen? You know, um, <laughs> but what's the downside to this? What's the, you told me there's to me, this is the downside to this a little bit. Um, but what's the downside to this? <laughs> Wait, no, that wasn't me. I think, uh, I think MJ was bringing up about what, uh, being dug up or something by no, about like, okay, so you have a GPS chip in your pocket or whatever, and, yeah. uh, you get broken down naturally in the earth the soil. soil. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's good potential that there's somebody like under you and somebody under them. And also maybe there there's somebody over. Yeah, you. there could be there could be like three levels of people. Uh, like I don't know if that's so much a problem. It's just, you know, I mean, that's just how it is. Um, yeah, no, I mean, you're definitely <laughs> the burial, but taking away. I mean, it's land use, right? Yeah, you're yeah, still, right. It's a better use of the land. body. You're still, uh, you know, and it's done in an open space. Did you know that um, I read this? Uh, there is a park in Denver, big park where it used to be a cemetery. And when um, Denver started expanding, they turned it into a public park and they, it, they called for everyone to move the bodies. But because a majority of the bodies that were buried there were either uh, people that did not have family or were, you know, like they, they was like the, the low, whatever, you know, yeah, and, right. um, and so there are over like 200 bodies still sitting under Cheeseman Park. Okay. So, okay. So that was the other thing that I was going to say is that, <laughs> okay, first of all, I agree with Schnooks on this. I have always said that I want to be um, cremated um, and then spread into um, a, like a hemp farm or a cannabis farm to grow um, hemp or cannabis. But now I don't want to be cremated nat- like that anymore. I want another option that's safer. But I do absolutely want to be a tree and I want it to be a cannabis tree. Um, but what I was going to say about this um, natural burial thing, which is it's a mm-hmm. fantastic idea, except that like 100 years from now, some rich asshole is going to somehow buy that plot of land and build a building on top of me. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I think, and then and then that building's haunted with ghosts. <laughs> is all I'm saying. This is how well, the uh, haunting. I mean, happen. that is that that could be a possibility because anything's possible, right? Yes. Anything is possible. Right. But I believe that a lot of these places are um, they're designated as open. I shouldn't say open spaces, but a locked open space where nothing can happen. Right. Like so the land right. use is written where boom. Yeah. You know, right. it's. Like forever but, and ever. Yeah, ever. but it, because it's all nice wildflowers and beautiful grass, right? Yeah, somebody wants that property, right? Absolutely, yeah. And no. I mean, but the, so then, so then, is there a way that they're monitoring? You know, wh- who's going in? Because we were again daylight episode there, like best place to. <laughs> Best, <laughs> like best place to bury best place to bury under ten other people. Uh, dead body <laughs> is under another dead body. <laughs> So they've got to, I mean, it's got to be under some kind of surveillance or they've got some kind of process to uh, keep that from happening, I would assume. So don't go getting ideas, people. (laughs) Stick to the Everglades in Florida. I didn't give you that Um, idea. I got that idea on YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) I saw that on the internet. I did not make that up. 
Oh, hey, I wanted to go back to um, when we were talking about living wills and whatnot and what popped into my mind, because anybody um, who maybe has had surgery, who doesn't have any of their documentation done, I am sure that you've been presented with what's called the five wishes. And it's a little booklet that the hospitals usually have. You can get them online, but that walks you through your medical part, like, you know, the advanced directives and things like mm -hmm. that. I just want to put that out there because it's something that... Okay. You could just go to the hospital, I think, and pick one up. Okay. And they okay. usually ask you yeah, about that. Great. Yeah. Here's the thing. Sorry to change, change gears, but I, I had that as a note. And I'm like, no, I got to get to yeah, this. Yeah, no, that's Some perfect. Some of y'all live with anxiety. Kind of a plan. Some of y'all yeah. live with anxiety. And some of y'all live with death anxiety because that's something that has been. I live with death anxiety my whole life. Um, I've told this story before. I will tell it over and over again for the rest of the year because I'm just not even sure what's going to happen. <laughs> I am a super empathic and sometimes extremely intuitive with <laughs> So I have no idea. But when I was a five-year-old, I was a very angry five-year-old. Imagine that. I was an angry child. Can you imagine? Okay, listen. I told my mom when I was five that I definitely wasn't going to live past 45. I turned 45 this year told her I would definitely wasn't going to live past 45. And my reasoning behind that was is because I was just going to be angry. Like I knew I was going to be angry. Now I'm not as angry as I was in my youth. I am in therapy and I smoke a lot of cannabis, but um, I believe that I believe that. I, and, and I had seen like angry people on TV as a representation have heart attack. And I knew 45 wasn't like old, like grandma old. Right. So I still felt like that was a relatively young age. And so I told my mom that she's not like that. I told her that several times throughout my life <laughs> and I have not forgotten that. Like I, that is something that stuck with me. Um, my therapist is trying to convince me that I'm just um, shedding my old life and starting a new life. <laughs> so maybe that's true. Right. But I have lived my whole life in fear of my mother dying, of me dying and leaving my mother behind. I was an only child to a single mom in an abusive uh, relationship before she was a single mom, you know, so my stepdad was super abusive. And so I lived with this. I lived with uh, death anxiety. So if this is something that you relate to, then you can still have these discussions. I would just recommend you have these discussions with a professional, with somebody that can um, maintain a calm and safe environment to have the discussion in. Like you don't want to just jump right into a death meditation by yourself, right? Um, if, if that's not a comfortable topic for you. But with guidance, you could eventually get to a place where you can sit down with yourself and say, okay, I have 12 hours to live. What are my priorities? Yeah. And that's really what that's about. Yeah. What are my life priorities so that I can prioritize those now mm -hmm. before I'm 12 hours from death and live a happier and healthier life? That's the point. Yeah. That's the yeah. point. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I'm just reading this what's down here about someone trying to sell them a cemetery plot, <laughs> like a little manifestation there. Like you're like, <laughs> like you're our it, age, right? Are we? <laughs> It's a trap. You're <laughs> dying soon, son. Get you a burial plot. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to your 40s. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Um, I do have their they do have their plots in uh you know the same space that my you know my my granny is in and oh. you know um my yeah it's it's a thing. 
Yeah. You know, one thing about talking about death, you know, with me coming to this space where I'm at now, it would not have been possible. It would not have been on my radar had I have not been brought up the way I was brought up. I mean, death was, my mother was very open about it. We had a lot of death when I was young and my mom, we went five years old. I'm at a funeral. It wasn't quiet. It wasn't hush, hush. It wasn't quiet, you know, and even, um, you know, in my teens, my brother had a friend that died, you know, to suicide. And I remember my mom having a conversation with him too. And just saying, you know, uh, you don't have to go to the funeral, you know, you know what that's all about. But the most important thing is, is to remember them how they were, not how they are, you know, and he, you know, went with his friends and yes, went to the funeral, but it's just, you know, it was, it was never taboo in my household. Right. It was never, I never, um, even being around people that were very ill and at end of life, you know, parents would take, you know, it was a family member, a grandmother or whomever, we'd be towed along and we would go and witness and be there. Mm -hmm. That is not happening in a lot of families. Nobody wants to be by themselves if we can avoid it at that. That's also scary. That's a scary transition for the person transitioning. I know that a lot of times the grieving get like a lot of the, you know, we, when we grieve, we, "Ah, I can't, I can't deal with the hospital. I can't deal with death. Like, yeah. baby yeah. you got to deal with death yeah it happens yeah right. yeah but you know i just think it's just so important to be just talking about this with your children yeah. someone's very ill don't don't you know i mean of course with caution i mean if they're like four maybe there's a certain way that yeah you bring maybe that up we talk about it in a four-year-old's language right right but yeah. you know if someone's a teenager early 20s you know you shouldn't be you know if someone is sick and it's a close family member or a friend or you know, let's just say a family member don't shelter them from it right because well, they're experiencing young and then when they're older they they have an idea it's not their first time right. it's being put in front of them you know right yes yeah. and it's and it is really just the cycle of mm-hmm. of life like to be a, I mean, and, and I, like, I see your comment here that the, about the anxiety of not living past a certain age, I am living in that right now. And I have to like, I think about that every single day of my 45th year. I think about that every, and I thought about it pretty much every single day of my 44th year. Right. Cause it was just, we're here, but it's not, I can't let it paralyze me. And I have to accept that I don't have control over that. I have zero control over when that's going to happen. For, uh, generally speaking, a majority. I did um, say to my husband, uh, so today, so today, unfortunately, there was some sad news about an icon that a lot of us uh, admire. Um, Bruce Willis is taking a step back for his health. He's been diagnosed with a condition called aphasia. Aphasia is a, a brain condition. It is uh, caused from some type of brain injury, uh, brain damage from a lot of times from stroke, um, but also can be from a TBI. So um, if you've ever had a, a traumatic brain injury um, and uh, and, you know, as you get older, that could that could change that could affect uh, as well. Uh, what aphasia is, uh, for those of you who don't 
know. Um, it is a condition that affects uh, your ability to communicate. So, um, and there's three different forms of it. Um, and, and I don't remember the names. They're named after the people who discovered them. Uh, but uh, in one form, it affects uh, your ability to speak. Uh, and in another form, it uh, affects your ability to um, understand. And in the third form, it's global. It's both. It's basically you can't speak or understand. And I was like very clear with my husband. I was like, when I'm at a point where I cannot communicate my needs, I don't really want to continue to do this. That's, mm-hmm. that doesn't, that seems like that, that, and uh, I also have a fear of dementia and Alzheimer's because um, it is like late in life. It is something that has affected the women in my family. And um, that's just not how I, I want to go while I still am and memory have memories and I'm not, you know, in this poor state where mm-hmm. somebody has to take care of me 24 seven. And that's not everybody's wishes. You might that's be okay with that, but and that's quite all right. But for me, um, at the point where I cannot function on my own on any level, um, mentally or physically, I am, I am very good with saying, mm-hmm. you know, it's been, it's been <laughs> fun here. So let's go to the yeah. next journey. And um, my yeah, husband will go to jail for will. me. That will be my Dateline episode. Do you y'all. have your living will? Yeah, that will be my Dateline episode, y'all. My husband will 520, go. 420. Oh, West it's 420 on the, on the West Coast. What? 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 Okay. Um, but y'all, for real, that's that's how my Dateline episode is probably going to happen. Um, I'm, I'm scared. <laughs> you know, I joke, I joke about it a lot. I say that I don't know if I'm gonna have a speaking part or not and all this stuff. I joke about it a lot, but like, honestly, um, my husband takes very good care of me, um, make sure that I am good at all times. And he would do whatever it takes to make sure that that happens. I believe that about him. Um, so, so, you know, in and regards to that, being, yeah, I think being we afraid of, uh, oh yeah, living, we do. Uh, we yeah, I think in Colorado we do have uh, uh, living um, the right to die. The right to die. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So can I let me let me talk about that a little bit? Yes. Um. So it's fantastic that we that we have this, um, but it is not easy to obtain. So right. knowing ahead of time what it takes for this to happen, it's not something that if you're right, you're let's just say you're going to pass within three months, more than likely, you're not going to be able to get the documentation and get the medication to do that. And my husband's going to prison. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So in general, from what I understand, from what I've read, you need to have two doctors that are outside of your primary care doctors that will sign off on this. This usually takes about three months now, this, the, the thing is, though, too, like I know in my area, I live on the Western Slope of Colorado. Um, my local hospitals, I've actually been on at the one that's in Rifle, Colorado, Grand River. I have read on their site that their hospital will not participate in that. Their doctors will not participate in this and that they think it's unethical. And I'm like, oh my God. Uh-huh. It's crazy. You'll let, you'll let my vet put my dog down. Can't help me. Yeah, right. Um, so that's the sad part. So what I have heard that has happened in my area, and I've heard this from someone that worked with hospice, that a client of theirs or a patient of theirs was able to get the documentation, 
couldn't get the drugs. They actually, through a, a pharmacy in Denver, met with them at the Eisenhower Tunnel somehow in that area to get the drugs. And you have to pay for them out of pocket. It's not exorbitant, so they did, but it's they $500. They did an underground drug deal in a tunnel. And- <laughs> Jesus. But if you read the studies too, what's interesting is that they just think, you know, the, the government thinks that since this is out there, that everyone's just going to be dropping like flies. Come on. That's not it. If you read what the, you know, um, there's, you know, it's a, I mean, it's only been, how long have we had it now? Is it since been 20, 2016? Very low yeah. amount of yeah. people have actually gone through with it. Very. And then of the people that even qualified, a small fraction of them even went through with it. Like they even had the drugs and they didn't end up using them. So it's not like people are just running out there to use it. It's to be nature to want to strive without uh, getting in trouble, you know, people that are assisting you getting in trouble. And that's why you have to, they, you know. So, so a lot of y'all don't know this. Some of y'all might know this. Some, some people our age know this. Okay. But there is a huge, huge, huge case about this back when we were younger in the ni- 90s, right? Yeah, the 90s, in the 90s, 80s, 90s, Dr. Kevorkian, oh, right? So- Kevorkian. It was in, you know what? I think it's in one of my yearbooks. So it's either 94 to 96 is, uh, yeah. you know, is when that uh, whole thing. Y'all, we know, you know, we use that as slang. But anyways, so this man... <laughs> Um, I, I'm going to paraphrase my knowledge of it. We should actually on, on the, um, next, maybe next Wednesday, maybe we'll talk a little bit about it as a, as a, like a piggyback off of this show. But, um, yeah, so he, uh, assisted patients more than one plural and he's from Michigan. Yes. He assisted patients more than one. Um, dozens. Dozens. Yes. Um, in their end of life journey. Uh, by helping them administer the medications. Um, and also these laws, right to right to die laws were not that they didn't exist. They didn't exist. Mm-hmm. Um, and he believed in your right to die. He was like, if that's what you want, it was a big thing because again, there's this taboo about death in America. So he was being called a murderer murderer um for assisting suicides when i mean asked him, asked him to assist they asked him to do it their families were involved with everything there were there was documentation of everything i think he even had recordings of some of some mm-hmm. if not all of his patients uh with their wishes um and and still i mean i think did he get convicted i want to say he got mm-hmm. convicted um for killing these people when they asked and he sacrificed his license and his life um, to assist these people at the end of their journey. And they were terminal. Mm-hmm. These, every mm-hmm. one of them was terminal. There weren't, they weren't suicidal, right? They were terminal. Um, it wasn't, it, he wasn't out there. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't dextering people. All right. He was just like, he was literally helping them. People when were finding him. They were finding, were finding him. him when your dog. Okay. When your dog is in such pain, and can't function, can't stand up, can't go to the bathroom on their own, can't eat, can't drink water. What do you do? You do a humane thing. You you take them or have somebody come to them. That's my process. Um, and and you peacefully let them go because they are in tremendous pain. They. The, 
Um, honestly, my experience with every dog that I've been through this with, they let you know that it is time and in their, in their way. And you know that it's just living on is going to be the most excruciating experience. Why would we give that to our animals, but not give that to our human loved ones? Why, why would we take that away he assisted over 130 patients thank you for um for wikipedia me for for me we're gonna uh uh, um hire you as an intern um (laughs) (laughs) and so why wouldn't we do that for i mean because for me seeing so um when my grandmother was in hospice that was so painful to see her that way Mm -hmm. and we knew she wanted to let go she stopped eating you guys she just stopped eating she would not eat And that's how she went. She went, she starved herself to death. Is that how you want to see your family? Because, because my grandmother and I am of her. So trust, if I don't have somebody helping me with that, I will just, you can't. So can I ask you when you said that now, did she stop eating on her own? Yes. She, she she didn't starve. She didn't. I'm I'm just going to tell you, she did not starve. And I, and that's one of the hardest things that yeah. I, when I, well, I mean, she was just, her body, her body was, was shutting down. Yeah. Start. Yes, yeah. Body, it, it, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was um, shutting she, down. but she was still, I mean, she, you know, she was at the beginning stages, um, I guess, middle stages of dementia, Alzheimer's. Mm. Um, so she did yeah. have like lucid periods and non, you know, but um, right. in her lucid moments, even she was like, I, she she told people she wanted to die. She told people that in her lucid mm-hmm. moments and then stopped eating. Like she was like, if you're not going to help me, I'm going like she was very clear. Yeah. Um, that she was there my mother was like, just Farah, she's she said she's refusing to eat. She said she won't do it anymore. And I was there like, is so there is a process. I mean, there is her. something it's, it's called, her life. Um, that's another option to all this. Did we freeze. If you can't if you can't get right Am to I die. Frozen? Am I frozen? No, I'm good. I MJ, you. you can hear me? Yeah. Okay. Um, she is frozen. Don't lose. She's frozen. Nope, you're oh. back. Are you back? There I'm back. Go. I lost. Yeah. See? <laughs> so there's this, there is this other, other thing that can happen outside of right to die, outside of the other options that we think of. That's called voluntarily stop eating and drinking. F-S-E-D or V-S-E-D or yeah, voluntarily. Yeah. And when, you know, usually that happens with someone, they are at end of life. They're just starting, you know, there is a point when the, you know, the person who's actually dying stops eating and drinking and they can still be living for a good chunk of time after that. I mean, yeah, we're told, oh, you can't live more than three or four days without water. Well, there, it's not that uncommon to someone be at day seven to day nine. It all depends. And we hear about it all the time, even in survival stories. That's right. That's right. So, you know, some people choose to do this voluntary stop eating and drinking. There's a point when you hear about people that are doing long fasts, there's a point when they don't feel hungry anymore. Right. And that, and some people actually have spiritual experiences through this as well. I, I don't is, think she is, was one of those. <laughs> no, but you know, uh, I'm just, you know, just saying that there you had met my grandmother. <laughs> um, so, but you know, getting back to the right to die though, too, is even, even you have the paperwork, you have the medication, you cannot have help to administer it legally. 
You, you have to jail, able, brother. You have to be able to take it yourself. Walter, you're going to jail. <laughs> is it um, ingesting? Is it a, a shot? Yeah, is usually, it, okay. there's, I, from what I understand, there's usually two different pills or medications or something that are put together. Uh, they say that it, it's, it can burn. Like you usually want to mix it with some honey. You know, people have, you know, have, you know, ideas of how to help this, but it's in some sort of put into a liquid form and, and taken back. Um, So like not even your hospice nurse, your hospice nurse can't do this from help. I'm angelic. Yeah. So insane. I just think that's craziness. That's crazy. Just wear, Hey babe, just wear gloves. It'll be between us. Think I don't know. (laughs) I'll put my fingerprints on it. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> wear gloves. Um, <laughs> oh, <shit>. um, <laughs> between your toes, so nobody can see. Listen, I got all the tricks. I might actually end up on Dateline, legitimately. <laughs> I told you the other day. Sometimes okay, I wake up and she's silent, like, and yes, that's gonna be your end of life. Like, um, <laughs> day I woke up and she can. Can you call Keith Morrison before we do this? Can you call Keith Morrison and Craig Melvin and let them know it's time? (laughs) Hey, there is also, there's something I want to show you, you know, to help in this conversation of death. There is something that's actually called the death deck. Oh my goodness. Okay. This is interesting okay. to me. I'm excited. You can get this I on love- Amazon. I think there's deathdeck.com, their own website too, where you can do this. So it's an actually, you know, it's a game. I've never played it as a game, but there's an actual way to play this as a game. But um, like, for instance, let me just, uh, let me pull a card and ask you ladies a question. How okay. About that? I'm, okay. I'm okay. I'm afraid. Um, oh, see some of this stuff is some stuff we've already been through here. Okay. <laughs> You are diagnosed with a serious cancer. You want your doctors to A, lay it all on the line, B, just focus on the next steps and not overwhelm me, or C, talk realistically to my loved ones, stay optimistic with me. Uh, so I'm, lay it all on the line. I, can I choose two? I know. I might sure. want to be. I'm going to lay it all on the line and also uh, C, whatever C was. Um, yeah, C, keep talk realistically to my loved one. I have a plan. Listen, I want my doctor to talk realistically to me because I'm not, I have a plan for cancer. Listen, because this is why. Listen, uh, everybody has cancer. Cancer cells yeah. in your body. Uh, the way that they mutate uh, is, is what causes the disease for you. Okay. Uh, so I am realistic about my possibilities. Plus women in my, um, life have, or in my, uh, my, on my, uh, mother's side have had breast cancer and other types of cancer. So I'm very realistic about that as a potential. I of course don't want that as a potential. And every time I worry about something, I feel like I might cause cancer in my body. (laughs) I'm not kidding. So I tr- I'm trying really hard to like let my therapy work and my cannabis work. But here's the thing. I already have a plan for cancer. I'm not, I will not, I will not hear my voice. I will not go 
and put poison in my body. I will, mm-hmm. I will not. There is not a doctor on this planet that can convince me to do that. If the cancer is going to take me out, then I'm going to go out in a peaceful manner. I will be high as fuck. I will be loaded up on RSO. I got 15 different connections for RSO that are not even regulated cannabis connections. <laughs> so like, <laughs> I, that's how I'm going out. Like if that's, if that's it, then that's it. Um, then I'm just going to be, um, I'm going to feel good for as long as I can. And I believe in cannabis that much. And also I'm a practice what you preach kind of girl. I talk about cannabis. Like I believe that it cures cancer because I've seen reports and studies and evidence that it can cure cancer. So I'm putting all of my fucking cards on that. That's where mm-hmm. I put my cards. And if I die, I die. Cause I'm gonna die anyway. Yeah. 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 But okay, I won't be sick when I'm done. That's right. That's right. What What were you gonna say, MJ? What was your choice? Um, also, A and C. Um, yeah. I, uh, you know, I want to know, and but also, like, I want to stay optimistic about it as possible. And again, you know, after this show and everything, it's a whole nother conversation with my family. You know, I don't yeah. have children. You know, but my sister and my friend, you know, like I'm going to be leaning and heavy on some I'm also your platonic members. life yes, partner, I've got so. my PLP over here, you know, mm-hmm. like. Um, I got you. And so, so, yeah, I, I will say that I'm exactly like you, A and C, and I'm going to add even an additional D to that and say, give me a psilocybin trip. Oh, yes. I would definitely include mushrooms in that. Yes, absolutely. I would include natural plant medicine. I'm not, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't stick with just cannabis, but cannabis would be like, I would be on the RSO hardcore, be in my belly button under my tongue. And, you know, I mean, whatever canals I could put it in to get it into my body faster. Yes, I will put it in my butt. I don't care. I will get cannabis into my body as quickly and as effectively as humanly possible. And honestly, the most effective way to absorb the cannabis in your body is through like sublingual methods or those types of methods. And you have a lot of nerve endings and um, such in your butthole. So, you know, and the JJ and and your bad. We we have another, we have an extra one. So it would be, it would be a whole thing where (laughs) I'm about to, I'm about to take this to a whole nother level where I would like put the oil and then use, yeah, I would definitely use it as a, as a sexy time. I'd be like, well, let's get healthy and sexy at the same time. Cannabis suppositories. They exist. I, there you see. Weed lube. Weed lube. Yes. Yeah, it does. And it's okay. So here's a, I have another card. I want to ask you, this is a, this is a fun one. So it's labeled malicious intentions. Oh, we had an A for that last question too. And our our audience. Yeah. We had an A for that too. Awesome. If you could haunt one of your enemies after your death, who would you target and how would you do it and why? So who would you target? How would you do it? Why? I have a list. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna make this more light um, because I I I don't I don't think I have anyone that I would honestly um, target to haunt, um, but it would be her. Should I say her first and last name? <laughs> um, in second grade. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this yeah. getting real, y'all. This is deep. Something's getting haunted. Okay. 
um, we had, uh, you know, assemblies, you know, school assemblies. And so you got to get out of class, go to the you know lunch area that was cleared out. And, and uh, there would be some kind of like, uh, you know, they would do some kind of music or show or whatever. It was uh, just like school assembly. Well, one uh, school assembly, they did like uh, the California Raisins uh, song. Uh, I heard it through the grapevine was... Um, popular that year or whatever. And so teachers came dancing in in, in uh, trash bags, like, and looked like raisins and, and they were throwing confetti and confetti home kids and me being the paper art kid that I freaking love. I was scooping up the confetti and shoving it in my socks. And so we went back to class and um, I were sitting in reading circle and she has two, her, her letter, her, I'll call her JJ because that's her initials was like, Mrs. Scott, Megan has confetti in her socks. And I had to get up in front of the class and throw away my confetti. And so I would come back and haunt JJ and I would throw confetti on her. <laughs> you know what's awesome about that? Doing that, let's say that that happened where you could you you could do that, she'd be shitting her pants. Like she would know. She's like confetti. Yeah, yeah. She would remember that. She would. Oh yeah. She probably doesn't remember that incident as much as you right. do, but she no. would remember that if you haunted her. With <laughs> that was the first time I re- yeah was mad and was like mm-hmm. you know like in my life where I was like. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> you know, again, I got embarrassed because I got called out in front of the class. And yeah, that's so. yeah. when really you were helping cleaning up. I mean, <sighs> rude. I had it under control. It wasn't like it was snitches get stitches, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and then throw confetti in her face. <laughs> she would just be afraid you were going to kill her. And you're just like throwing confetti. <laughs> Yo, can somebody can somebody draw a cartoon of this? I need it. Um, mine's more malicious for sure, and I'm trying not to have hate in my heart, but it definitely has to do with uh, uh, a person in business that I dislike immensely. Uh, this person claims to be able to talk to ghosts. So that will kind of be part of my plan. But really, I would just, uh, I would really haunt the business of it all until there wasn't one to haunt. And then I would haunt his children. (laughs) I would just, I don't know. I would just, uh, you know, open cabinets and do the regular haunting shit. I don't, and mine's, you know, but yes. And yes, you're correct about who that is in the comment section. I'm just going to leave that right there. That's exactly what we call that person. We're just, yeah. But it's mostly because I don't like being taken advantage of. And this person took advantage of like a vulnerable space for me and I don't like to be look. I don't like to look like a fool, mm. and so yeah, I would haunt the shit out of him. 
I, there's potential there will be violence involved because as I said before, sometimes I wake up and just choose violence. As a ghost, I don't think I would be any different. <laughs> I would be mad that I was still here. Like, why haven't I transitioned? Yeah. And they're all, because you can't let go. Because you can't let go of this. That's why you haven't transitioned. You got to let go of this one. So, yeah. Well, let me tell you. So my answer would actually be um, my husband. If I died before he did, because he's an atheist and I'm spiritual. So he doesn't believe that there's anything. You're just done. So I'd love to prove him wrong. Um, I would love to join you in that endeavor. Yeah. yeah why don't you? <laughs> yeah. We can oh, just yeah. And anybody else. And anybody yeah. else. Oh, we've, we've got my friends. We've got, yeah. <laughs> we've got friends. <laughs> just sitting around. There'd just be like a table full of smoke sitting and then you're like, you can't figure out why his house is smoking. It's just like, we're all fucking high. <laughs> we're all That's fucking funny. burning in the afterlife. <laughs> I love it. Well, if you're burning in the afterlife, when you say that, somebody may get the wrong idea and you're in well, the wrong Well, you know, one of our... You know, no, but one of our uh, comment, one of our one of our friends slash uh, audience members, where is that comment? Where did where did that comment go? Let's go back to it. Uh, this is it's when we were talking about the. Oh, here it is. Um, Meek says uh, um, she's indigenous. She says we never believed in hell or bad afterlife for bad people. For us, everybody, everyone dies. Everyone goes to the same place and no one is more special and no one is worse than the other. Mm-hmm. Right. And so yeah. so it's, you know, there's no and I don't believe in like a heaven and hell. Um, myself, um, when we, when I discuss my spirituality, I, I think we're, I think, I think we're in for another adventure and another one and another one. Um, but I also think this, okay, this is part of my, my belief too. You know, I'm so upset with this person that like put me in this vulnerable position and took advantage of that. Right. And then, you know, sometimes we walk around and we wonder, I I hope this helps some of you, but sometimes we walk around and we wonder like, why is this shit person rich? Why is this shit person getting everything they want? Why is this shit person, you know, doing better than me, right? Um, Don't worry about it. Because some people you see that are really good people and really loving people and they're having a shit time in this life like a real shit time, like your shit times are like, you know, life, their shit times are like anything they do is shit. Listen, I believe that we pay the penance at some point in time. It may not be in this life, but you will get your karma out of life and you may have to pay it in the next life. You may be born into a next life where you do everything exactly as you're supposed to do it and still nothing goes right for you. And that is part of it, is part of the learning process. We do it in the life that we're in, right? We learn from our mistakes. Sometimes you have to really learn. Like Donald Trump is fucked, y'all. Like his his next adventure is going to be shit, y'all. Like it's going to be the worst. I mean, his now event, he might be paying that penance soon. (laughs) Yeah. We'll we'll see what happens. But what I'm saying is don't be so concerned about what other people's journeys look like. 
um, that's a hard one for me because it is really hard for me to let go of being wronged like that. I want to hold on to it. I don't want to be mad. But if I don't move that out of my way in this life, um, then I'm not going to be able to move forward in this life for what I need. Right. I'm letting somebody's energy block what I need. Um, and he doesn't even matter. That person doesn't even matter. At the end of the day, I really wouldn't waste my time haunting him, but like, you know, that will probably be my answer. I'm a little bitter still about it. <laughs> At the moment, the answer right now, that's it. That's it. That's the, that's the person I think of immediately. Oh, there's this tall wanna, set of stairs. Anyways. Do you want to, you want one, one more card? This is, this is a, let's do one more. Yeah. One. Let's do one more. Okay. This is fun. Okay. I'm going to get this. So your memorial this. plaque. Okay. Fill in the blanks. Here lies can of queen. Here lies MJ best remembered for blank and blank. Audience. <laughs> That'll be interesting. Yes. It'd be great to see what they'd say. Uh, <laughs> um, what do you think MJ best remembered for? Mm. This is actually similar to a question that I um, writing the I plaque. Said, I guess do I get? Yeah. Am I depicting the words, or is it going to be like so? <laughs> My yeah. you know what? Give two different options. I know what you're talking about. Listen. I know what you mean. Give two different options. If you were to write it, and if someone else were to write it, what would it say? Here lies a boss ass bitch. <laughs> uh, here lies a boss ass bitch that could still smoke you under the table, even though she's not in this ethereal plane anymore. <laughs> are you saying that for yourself? Or are you saying that for yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I was saying. Okay, hey, let's put a spin on this. Can of Queen. You do one for MJ, and then MJ, you do the one for her. Oh, shit. Okay. Okay, reread the how we're supposed to fill in the blanks. Sure. Here lies, here lies Canna here Queen. Here lies blank, or here lies Canna Queen. Best remembered for blank and blank. I say smoking weed and kicking ass. <laughs> I was going to say pit bulls and puffing. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> we, gotta, we gotta make sure it's now. Here, like, here, we gotta make sure it's now. Here lies Kitty Queen. Here lies <laughs> I feel like we should make T-shirts that say that. <laughs> pit bulls and puffin. Oh, because she's had pit bulls ever since I've known, and 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 like they're not like. The you know puppies and she gets them and gets to train them from the beginning. She gets like the ones that somebody got as a puppy didn't train. <laughs> she takes that dog and that's teaches it and teaches it manners. <laughs> and that's what she does. My first one I so, got. So I thought I was a little confused. So Canna Queen, that was what you said for MJ. That's MJ's. Yeah, yeah that's okay. MJ's. That's cute. And that yeah. needs to be a T-shirt. That does. But this, but this actual question is very similar to one that I ask when I'm interviewing a client. Like, what do you, what do you, you know, if you were to write your own eulogy and write about yourself, you know, and really trying to tap in to those, um, 
tap into those feelings. Like, you know, you, you, mm-hmm. you really are a good person. There could have been bad things that you would have done, but you know what, in your soul, you are a good person and, mm-hmm. you know, and have them express that. So um, when I read that, uh, that's what I thought of. I'm like, this is similar to what I, what I talk to with clients. So good job, that's, ladies. That's good a, job. That's an interesting that. deck. That's um, death deck. I want more of that. The death deck. Um, we should do some of this. We should do some like not just that deck, but we should like consider like picking up like. I thought you had a deck. I do. I have this. uh, I have this one that we never use. Actually, we should use it. I have this one, (laughs) and it's like a podcast deck, though. It's just like general. But you know why we never really started using it? Yeah, is because it was just like general stuff, and we. In the beginning, when I got those, um, we were like, okay, if we get stuck somewhere, um, we can use these. But we generally talk about cannabis because we were just doing the Monday shows when we started. And um, so we generally stick to just cannabis on Monday shows. And so those cards didn't really work all like in most instances to to like bring in a subject to talk about for a whole show. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but they could work for like a little banter and stuff. So yeah, I'll definitely pull those back out. Yeah, and we should look into yeah some other some other cards too. I'm sure there's yeah, I'm sure there's like a whole decks, bunch of different decks. Like different decks out there. It's important to think about that. I see a lot of you guys like, man, that's really hard. And I'm thinking the same thing. Like I am so creative when it comes to putting words together. Until you tell me to say say something nice about myself, and I tell you guys that every week, right? I say you know be nice to yourself, but it is very difficult. I think let's start making a practice of it now. If you start doing that now, you could write your own eulogy and be prepared for that. Like you could be like, this is what I want in the paper, bitches. Right. I, this is my, yes. Um, this yeah. Is it. Uh, <laughs> right? And then not only that, but like positive self-talk is really important for life. So while it could, it's, you know, it's a preparation for death, if you will, it's really great for life. This whole conversation that we're having um, about death is, I think, one of the probably most positive conversations I've had about death in a very long time. Um, but um, also, it's it's preparation for life, you guys, to be to mm-hmm. live a happier life. So that if, yeah, so you can you know again living and and uh, giving peace of mind to yourself, to your family, to your loved ones, mm-hmm. you know, knowing that you don't have to stress over it or for you know, God forbid, it become an emergency situation and all of a sudden you know. But that mm-hmm. is why this happens. We don't know if we're going to step off a curb and get hit by a bus. We do I mean, I know because I'm nowhere near or not wake up, you know, one day. And so, um, and so to leave that burden on, um, anyone, um, it's, it's eye opening. I'm like, can I will my student loans back to the government? (laughs) Y'all can have these or the rest of this shit is for my family. There are corporate, there are corporations are recognized as, um, you know, as humans, I would like to leave my student loan debt. In death, I would like to leave my student loan debt to Navient. Thank you, Navient, for supporting me all these for years. Support. <laughs> but, um, but in all, you know, in all seriousness, y'all, uh, y'all this is, um, you know, conversations you have to have with family members or those that are around you that will would be, you know, holding on to this or you know, catching this if something 
were to happen to you. So it's a wake up call for me. I, I've always said to my sister, because she has children. You yeah. have children. You need to make sure you, you plan for them. You know, and I'm yeah. like, I have a dog. Yeah, but that's same. Yeah, time. you know, it's funny that you say that because the reason I'm married is because I have dogs, y'all. I love my husband to to the end of the world and to the end of time. He is my person. Okay, but we were never going to get married. And then the government called me and was like, "Oh, you've got orders. We need you to report for duty." Um, in like af- right after the day after Thanksgiving. And I was like, excuse me, where are you sending me? And they said, we can't tell you that right now, but it will be hot and humid and sandy. And I was like, you know what? Who's going to take care of these fucking dogs if I die? Like, I like, like, you know what I'm saying? So, um, I, I got married so that my benefits would go to my husband, my person, and I also have, I had a will put together. I put my will together before I left because. So you were in the military. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Hmm. I did. Um, I did five and a half years active in the Navy and then about five and a half years um, active reserves. And in Man, that time. Thank you for your service. Me. Thank you. Um, yeah. Yeah. In that time they reactivated me. I ended up actually not having to go because my body betrayed me. And I thought that there was a curse, but it was actually a blessing in the moment. But um, but yeah, you know, um, I prepared for that. I, I knew that that was a possibility. I was going to, I was going to training and I was training to go to war at the end of the day. That's what I was doing. No matter, uh, you know, they, they call there's some spaces there that are like safer, but that's, there's still war zones. There's still things mm-hmm. hidden under trash and dirt and sand and, People still die in those spaces. And so I wanted to be prepared uh, because that's a real life thing for people yeah. in the military. Yeah. Um, and honestly, to be honest with you, in the when you're in the military, they uh, and you're active duty and they're sending you overseas, they they highly encourage they they'll they'll send you. You can go to the legal and have them do it. Um, they'll they'll let you go to a class about about it, about how to prepare your resume and how to prepare for deploying. They, they prepare you to go to war. And then when you get back, they debrief you for how to get back into, you know, everyday life, which as we know, doesn't always work for everybody, but. I always would, I, I always think hmm. about like, what the heck is being said when someone's being debriefed? I, I, I just really want to know. Yeah. You know? It's, you know, I mean, they debrief us on, you know, what our mission was and they, the, the debrief is more like classes. So they send you to, and, and it's an honestly, when I say they put effort into it, they don't put effort into it. Okay. It's like a week or two of classes that you go to and then legal shows up and they talk to you about reassimilating back into everyday life and therapists uh, or counselors show up and give you information on how to um, book appointments and, you know, all of those types. So they give you the resources, but they, you know, there's not a lot of follow-up or anything. It's just like, get in here, get your two weeks, here's your resources, use those as you see fit. Good luck out there. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's like that. So like, as you said, yeah, debriefed, but you know, doesn't, doesn't no, yeah, yeah. really work out. I mean, yeah, right. I mean, and then, and then, I mean, we could, we could, we could talk all night about this, but like with the VA, <clears throat> the way it is, the way it is going to be until somebody comes in and like redoes the whole situation, which is expensive as fuck. 
And uh, as much money as they make on the wars they send us to, um, they don't want to spend money on making sure that we're okay when we get back. Um, yeah. They that listen, the 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 government um, uh, ad, admonished and and denied and denied uh, denied access to um, to benefits for some people. Um, and, and, um, did, didn't, didn't do anything to help veterans who came back from the Vietnam war. They were treated like absolute garbage, um, by our government and also by our society because we had three news channels and they were all telling us the same shit. So, um, uh, so, so yeah, you know, it's, it's a whole thing where like veterans come back and they try to get these services too, but then there's such a backlog or they can't get in to see the doctor to get their refills or they can't get in to see their therapist. And then we have 22 a day, yeah. 22 a day that in their lives, uh, for things that could have prevented, like they could have had preventative care to keep them from making that decision. But pain is pain. Y'all pain mm-hmm. is pain. And mental health is health. It is your health. It should your not main be, health. It should not be separated yeah. from our healthcare system yeah. and what gets covered when you have insurance. Neither should your dental health or your um, your vision. All of that is healthcare. You guys shouldn't have to pay separate to get your eyes checked, to get your teeth checked. You guys, if you have something going on in your mouth, it could cause an infection that could kill you. Like yeah. this is a big deal. So. And mental health, as we know, can kill you if it's not taken care of in an appropriate manner. And that happens to a lot of our veterans. Um, So anyways, but to get back on subject, um, uh, we should prepare for this. And we should, um, I'm not going to tell you guys what to do as an audience, but I think that for me, having these conversations very much helps me with my death anxiety. And um, reading about it and reading about... um, you know, what my spiritual beliefs are. And so note for me, I say, I know this, this is what I believe. And so then I just say, I know this. Um, But for me, knowing what um, that, that um, and believing that there's another um, opportunity for another adventure after this, it, it kind of calms my anxiety a little bit. Cause I, then that, then this isn't a finale. This isn't a finale, right? And um, I've spoken with uh, with uh, spiritual people, seers, um, for example, who uh, my husband and I have seen uh, somebody who is who have told me um, personally and have told us together as a couple that we've been together um, several lifetimes. And he feels very natural to me. He feel like, you know, his presence is is very we've been together for eternities. Right. Um, sometimes playing different roles. I'm, uh, I'm very assertive as y'all could tell. And there's, uh, there's good chance that I was, uh, more of a masculine human in a, in another life or in one of my other lives. So knowing those things and kind of connecting myself spiritually in that way helps me with my death anxiety. Mm. Um, and so I encourage our audience to, um, connect with what, what their beliefs are Mm -hmm. and, 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 look at it from that point of view, I guess. Yeah. 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 And, and having, having that, uh, having that, you know, whether you're spiritual, whether you're religious, whatever your belief is. And if you have this belief, whatever it is of what happens afterwards, no matter what you, 
you can have the same feeling, the same mm-hmm. comfort, everything. Right. I, I have a hard time with, you know, someone who says that they're atheist. Mm-hmm. It's it like, I, you know, like I said, my husband, and it's just, it's just kind of, yeah, ugh, it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, but I, but is just, your husband like, uh, like, let me ask, I, cause yeah. <laughs> my spirituality also includes <laughs> astrology, but is your husband like, uh, an earth, an earth, uh, an earth sign? Capricorn. Uh, okay. That I knew it. <laughs> um, oh my, I also, I'm a Taurus. I, so. so you're also a water sign. I'm a water sign that surrounds myself with earth signs. I'm a Pisces. Isn't Taurus, that's an earth sign. Taurus, Taurus is Taurus? Uh, the bull. I thought is it the was an earth sign. Uh, maybe. Um, okay. but, but uh, yeah, you're probably right more than me. Um, but I surround myself, <laughs> no Taurus, no Taurus is an earth sign. You're correct because okay. they're supposed to be my soulmate. So I surround myself with earth signs. I surround myself with you, but the practical, the practicality of being an atheist is very much in that demeanor. That's why I asked that question. Mm. Um, so yeah, I'm a, so I surround myself with people who can ground me and, um, y'all are also supposed to be, uh, with water signs just so you know, but you have a harder time going with the flow than we have with grounding ourselves. So we can come in cause we're just like, yeah, let's do whatever, what's going to happen. And then we can be like, Oh, this is what we're doing. Okay. This is what we're doing. But then y'all are like, no, this is what we're, we're doing. doing. <laughs> <laughs> you want to? You should go through bit? the whole astrology, the whole chart, and now this is what you're like. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. We, we talk about it a lot in our Discord, everybody. <laughs> Discord. Uh, go ahead, and throw the banner up there, you guys. We have had an almost two-hour show, and this has been so damn interesting. Um, I definitely would love for you to come back in a future show, and yeah. um, we can definitely talk about this more talk about some other shit I don't care. yeah, yeah I would, I would love, to. Would love, love to, to you know talk more about uh the cannabis coaching and um mm-hmm. how you've helped patients you know walking into a dispensary uh not not uh knowing you know new to cannabis you know mm-hmm. and so that there are uh you know services like yours people like you that want to educate and uh help patients beyond you know, beyond what I do uh, behind the desk and, uh, you know, uh, you know, for what we do to the, you know, and have that connection between the dispensaries too, you know, so that is something that, you know, Queen and I, uh, you know, we have that connection with the facilities and education and, you know, uh, making sure. Education is the most Most important. important thing. And connecting, you know, yeah, so yeah. it's it's awful to, you know, and we've had patients that are, and, and we have, because we discussed with our dispensaries where um, at one point Dr. B was like, oh, you know, he would say specifically like 10 to one, even though, or 15 to one. And people would be like, there's not a 15 one on the shelf, but Dr. B said, this is what I should take. And the, yeah, yeah. the three employees are like, but it doesn't well. And, you know, and so we had to change our, our language and the way that we were educating patients and, um, you know, that and working with the, the, um, dispensary agents to say, okay, you know, let's, let's kind of get on the same page. Um, and that's how it should be. So. 
we were mentioning too, you know, one big thing that's missing in dispensaries is really the option of having all different cannabinoids. Sure, you can have something that might have CBD, like an edible. There might be a strain or a chemovar that has maybe a little more of a balance, but it's few and far between. And particularly when people are coming in medicinally, this is, you know, this is what I'm talking about. It's, you know, for a medicinal patient that were to walk into a dispensary has no idea, no idea what they're doing at all. They've never used. And, um, and let's just say they're even, they're older and they have no idea, but they know, Hey, I have a friend that has been using this for that. You know, they read an article in the AARP, man. (laughs) Right. Yeah, exactly. They write um, articles about how cannabis can help with aging and symptoms right. of whatever. So yeah, they're so like, now I want to service for that person to come in. And more than likely, if it's a pain related issue, they are being told there, here's a 30%, you know, chemo bar right here. Right. You know, yeah. like just, just knock you on your ass. So then you just don't care. I know right. the person wants to, but I want to live. <laughs> Yeah, functional. No. Yeah, it's exactly. We use that for a little bit, and then internally we gotta, you yeah. know, get it. So, yeah. well, we would love to talk more about that and the programs yeah. that you have available. Um, I, you awesome. know, I know you have a website. So, um, do you wanna? Mm-hmm. Blow? Yeah, my website is integrativerelief.com, and relief is r e l e a f dot com. Um, you can go on there. You can see what my offerings are. I even have a, an edibles calculator if you're making your own oils or whatever nice. that you can figure out um, some dosing and such because I'm very, well, particularly because I work with these patients or I shouldn't say patients work with these clients. Um, you know, dosing, I'm very anal about dosing. Like I like making something and know, okay, I know this many milliliters mm-hmm. is this many milligrams or whatever. Right. Um, it's important. Uh, just, Oh, very, yeah, very much so. Because <laughs> as you can yeah. know, edibles can get you. Yeah, they can catch you off get guard. You. They can catch you off guard. Yeah. I was so, talking to somebody um, about it the other day about low dose THC. You guys, you don't need, an, not all, some of you do. Some of you do. I'm not even going to judge your journey with cannabis, but not everybody needs high dose THC. Low dose, micro dose THC actually works really, really well for a lot of illnesses and symptoms of illnesses. So if cannabis isn't really doing it for you for some reason, consider maybe taking a little bit of a break and then coming back in a microdose way and seeing if that helps you in a health, in a healthy way, like in a, in a healthcare way. Yeah. And I do work with people, um, you know, with tolerance breaks and such. I, you know, I have some people that come to me that are only THC users and, you know, for those that it's a little scary because it's their medicine. How do we go about this? So Mm -hmm. I work with them in using CBD, CBG in whatever form that they're comfortable with. Are they smoking? Do they like edibles? Do they like tinctures? Whatever. Layering. Maybe we use a little bit of both or all three or whatever. Um, self-entourage there. Yeah. And, Mm -hmm. and not only that, but you know, some people have money, some people don't have money. If you don't have money, how are we going to go about doing this? We work it out, you know, um, make making their own stuff and showing them and comparing costs and things. Yeah. Oh man. On the regulated market or, I mean, dare I say on the podcast, but you guys, there is still a very healthy and thriving underground market 
And um, there are underground providers that are very much invested in the medicine that they provide. As uh, all I'm going to say is, you know, people have had to find this medicine some way in some form for many, 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 many years. And people have had to travel from their homes to come to Colorado to bring it back. People have had to travel from their homes in Colorado to meet somebody on the street to bring it back so that their kid can have uh, some quality of life or so that their mother can pass uh, in a peaceful manner or so that their anxiety doesn't um, destroy all of their relationships. And, um, and I am never going to disparage our underground market. Um, it is, in, in fact, cheaper oftentimes to use the underground market. Be careful about your sources because some of them do test their product. But that is the main that is the main thing on the regulated market that really is is the benefit the, the biggest benefit on the regulated market is that it is a requirement for them to test their product. But with that said, we have read many of recalls that happen in March for flour that was sold in January. And that means that somebody inhaled, ingested unhealthy flour from a regulated dispensary. And so we have to consider that and consider cost and consider what is what is it worth to me? What is my life worth to me? Like, what is it worth? Is it worth it to me to, to you know, do I have the money? And if I don't have the money to shop in the regulated market, is it worth it to me to just not use cannabis as, as, a, as a treatment? Or am I going to find a way to incorporate this? And that's, and that's our decision as adults. We are autonomous human beings. Um, and yeah, and then we have individuals like Kristen out there that can help you and guide you with education and understanding about what it is that you are looking for, what you need and how to find it and how to find it in different forms because not everybody wants to smoke. Yeah. And also, you know, working with people that let's just say where they live, THC, totally it's illegal. Not it's not available or they have the so synthetic I work, I do work with people that that are in that in that case. Luckily, they're able to have CBD and CBG. CBG, fa- you know, goodness. fantastic. If yes. you can't, I'm not a doctor, but I'm just saying. Yeah, we CBG, should. Uh, yeah, you guys, we're not doctors. We're not doctors. And, but I'm just saying that CBG can be almost, as, you know, work as well for pain as THC when taken the right way mm-hmm. for a lot of people. CBG is very effective. I'm not going to say it's not psychoactive because you definitely will do feel some, something from mm. CBG. It's not the same as consuming THC. It's not that same psychoactive it's effect. Like a little, to me, it's a little headiness for about five minutes. Yeah, it's not five. that. And it's, uh, so I, I find that it, uh, so CBG, for those of you who don't know, is the parent cannabinoids where all cannabinoids start, they come from, um, and then they, over time, and this happens in like micro time, you know, but it happens over time throughout the whole, the whole process. These cannabinoids are constantly changing and evolving into whatever the plant, the cultivar is going to be like, whatever that is going to provide, that's what's happening. That's why the CBG transforms and whatnot. Um, There are um, now people um, cultivating plants that don't lose their CBG or don't lose as much of the CBG because often 
in the past, we found the way that it was being cultivated or the, the, the cultivars that we had uh, did, didn't maintain the CBG throughout the life cycle. So you would lose it by early flower stage and then, and then it would be gone. So we would have to harvest early in order to get this. But now there are cultivars that actually have it throughout the life cycle um, in higher percentages so that we can create the medicine. Uh, but it's more therapeutic in, in a way, in this sense that you won't, you won't get high, like you get high from THC. It's different. Um, we've been saying for years that, um, that, you know, CBD, for example, is also non-psychoactive and that's just not the case either. Um, it does have an effect, but it's not the same. So we, we compare it to THC and say, oh no, it doesn't do that. So it's Mm -hmm. not that your body will feel effects from CBD. It's just not the same as what your body feels from THC. It's different. And so you don't get high from CBD, right? But your body does feel the different effects of it. And it's, and it's nice. It's quite nice. Well, it's, and it's affecting the receptors. It's in the brain. Exactly. You know, so yeah. I told some uh, Um, mothers the other day that it's in your, that we have cannabinoids in our breast milk and throughout our body and our babies have it. Cause she said, well, I can't drink this. I'm pregnant. And I said, well, it's CBD first of all. So it's not, you know, so scary. Also, you know, we talked about low dose THC is something that, you know, if she ever needed it for symptoms could be a potential for her, but, um, but CBD, you know, in general, and then I talked to her about her endocannabinoid system a little bit. So yep. it, was, it was interesting. Yeah. 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 So no, I love talking about all that. That's <laughs> when I you back have the floor. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We will. So, but like, yeah, like with clients, that's, that's the first thing that happens is mm-hmm. I have a presentation that I put together. It's like 20 minutes and it talks about all of it. You know, I um, have to put my presentation together. I talk about all of it, but then when I go to, because uh, we're building the rest of our classes, you know, for uh, CQ. And when I talk about it, I just, we like what just happened, right? We just talk freely about it. Well, you asked yeah. me to put that on a slideshow presentation. I'm like, wait, <laughs> can I just talk about it? Can I just say it? Can we just, no, you have to have a schedule to say it on to do a class girl. And I know that I've been teaching for years in cannabis, uh, been a cannabis educator for what, four, five, six years now, probably. Yeah. Um, so at least, and that doesn't include like beginning career behind the counter, educating just patients and stuff. That's like actual just so, so, so yeah, to, to do it, um, as a, as a, as a curriculum, I'm like, oh, can I just go up and talk about it? And no, no. (laughs) I know. So (laughs) live with me. We got to wrap it up. Here we are. Two hour mark. No, it's amazing. Amazing show. So good. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having you. Thank you so much. It was really, we weren't, this wasn't even planned. And then our schedules aligned at the last Mm -hmm. minute. So thank you so much for taking time to be with us today. Uh, I know we told you that the show doesn't usually run more than an hour on Wednesdays, but um, we lied. Oh, I I knew it might be, it was going to be longer. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, Lots of stuff to talk about. So interesting. And we will definitely have you back um, uh, for anybody who wants more information on how to get in touch with Kristen. We can definitely provide yeah. that for you. So just um, hit us up, but go ahead and tell us again where we can find you. 
Sure. Just one more time. Sure. My website is integrativerelief.com and relief is R-E-L-E-A-F. You can contact me just right through the site. And on the site, okay. you can see my offerings, um, you know, any uh, businesses that I like, you know, I'm an affiliate of that I love. And if you want to browse them, feel free to browse. Edible calculator on there as well. Nice. Um, yeah. Lots of resources. That's beautiful. Yeah. It's great. It's a great website. I was checking it out earlier. Thank you. Um, thank you. Um, um, thank you for providing those resources um, to the public. That's amazing. Yes, it's, it's uh, I need to actually get stuff for in clinic as well to give to patients um, for all aspects. So, okay, cool. Right on. You guys, as always, be nice to yourself. Remember to put your mask on before assisting others. It's very important. Yes, yes. Cultivate love. Bring it to you. You deserve it. And as always, stay lifted. Kristen, if you want to hang out uh, while we uh, in the broadcast, we're just going to hang out for just a second right after you guys. We'll see you at 420 on Monday. I don't know if we have a guest lined up for Monday, but it'll be a surprise. We'll tell you all about it. We love you guys. We'll be surprised. Thanks for hanging out with us today um, and and every day. And we will see you uh, on Monday or we'll see you in the Discord. Come join us. All right. We love you guys. Stay lifted.